Zimbabwe's government considers using gold to back its currency. Well, hello there, my friends. Chris Marcus here with you for Arcadia Economics. Glad to have you here with me today as we dig into some of the latest news that has come out surrounding the gold and silver markets. Going to start with some interesting developments where we see that governments that have currencies that have been having issues, whether that's high inflation or just, uh, as you'll find out in a moment, a country that has particularly had currency issues for quite a while, but we see they are continuing to talk about gold and silver, potentially turning to gold and silver as some sort of backing. So suggesting that it's not just an idea that has occurred in the past or that there's a history of gold and silver, but obviously as we've seen out of Russia and some of the BRICS developments over the past year, when push comes to shove, gold and maybe less so officially on the silver side, but certainly gold is still something that nations are turning to. And we will dig into that and more, but let us get started with first the news here that Zimbabwe's government considers using gold to back its currency. Obviously, people are familiar with some of the issues that Zimbabwe has had with their currency in recent years. Obviously, hyperinflation, which they have lived through, although... Here we see, in order to manage growth of liquidity, we may link the exchange rate to a hard asset such as gold, said the Zimbabwe finance minister, Uli Hube. And he mentions that last week, the Zimbabwean president, Emerson Mangagwa, signaled that authorities considering a revamp of the world's worst performing currency and said that the treasury and monetary officials are working on a structured currency. And to be clear, this appears to be in the preliminary stages, but again, I know it's sometimes challenging for gold and silver investors where they know about the monetary history here in the US, although since it has been a while since we've had a gold or silver link into the currency, I mean, sometimes there's that temptation to think, does this still hold? Although here in an area where being forced to take some sort of action, not surprising to see that they're once again, at least looking at gold as providing a solution to the issues in their currency. Similarly, over in Egypt, we see increased talk about gold, increased talk about gold and silver, with some Egyptians claiming silver is the new gold. Why are they looking at this? Because the trend is a measure of an economic crisis in which inflation has been running at more than 30%. And the central bank has allowed the currency to weak 50% against the dollar. So another area where people in response when they see inflation, what do they do? What have they done for thousands of years is looking at gold and silver. Here we see a salesman at the Cairo Silver Store. One of the customers there opted to buy silver when buying jewelry instead of gold. Small 18 karat earring weighing less than a gram is more than 3,000 pounds can't afford that. So I bought the silver necklace for around 1900. So that's something that comes up a bit in the US with what will people actually buy, obviously, for people who are larger investors, uh, business owners, or have substantial amounts of wealth that they're looking to preserve, in many cases, head towards the gold market, in terms of silver being more of the metal for the people. Uh, just interesting to note that here in Egypt, where they are going through some hard times already, that you see a little bit of that substitution effect taking place. 
And even though the price of one gram of silver more than doubled in a year at 47 Egyptian pounds, remains far cheaper. And Rami Zahran, 18-year-old student who wants to work in the silver business like his uncle, bought silver bullion for 31 pounds per gram a little over half a year ago. And I guess we do have a new generation of silver industrialist and analyst popping up. So nice to see he's going to work with his uncle. And again, that in an area where you're seeing a lot of inflation, you're seeing people turn to silver. Obviously, that's something that has been taking place in Turkey, where they have been undergoing their own inflation crisis. Here, let's back out and take a look at the inflation rates. Uh, this is the past three years, going from the lower end in the teens up to 85%, coming back in a little bit last year. Although currently, at least the numbers that we get out of Turkey, showing 65% inflation for December. So obviously, if you're living in conditions like that, would not be a surprise. And certainly, it's quite pronounced on the silver side, as we see Turkey silver imports going up to 1,100 tons last year. Now, this is the long-term chart, so you can see over the past two decades, it's really spiked higher in 2022, 2023, and also some strong gold numbers in the last two years, although a little bit more mixed, not quite in record-setting territory, but here you see 265 and 319 tons in the last two years, 2022 and 23, which are not records, but certainly on the higher end. And again, this one going back to 1995. So almost 30 years of data there on the gold side and just something to keep an eye on going forward. In terms of another country that has been importing a lot of silver in recent years, again, you can see in 2022, they had that 96 100 ton import figure dropped off quite a bit last year, partly in response to the higher prices. Also, they had stocked up a bit of inventory, although something I know people have kept an eye on. We did have that big import number in October, slowed down in November and December, which is not shown on this chart, but lower figures. So at least in terms of that spike we saw towards the end of 2023 in India, that had a decent number in, in uh, November, but still that was the big one and quite a drop off from the 2022 figures into 2023. Although at least while all of this is happening, uh, one thing that I view as a very encouraging sign is that we're seeing more and more talk of silver on CNBC and in some of the bank reports. Last week, we talked about the UBS forecast that called for a dramatic silver outperformance from gold. And actually, we'll have some uh, quick clip from UBS in just a moment. But here, a couple days after that, we saw silver uh, CNBC referencing the Silver Institute and the report that they put out uh, a couple weeks ago that shows that silver demand forecast to reach 1.2 billion ounces in 2024, which would be the second highest number. Here's Michael DiRienzo of the Silver Institute. We think silver will have a terrific year, especially in terms of demand. He expects silver prices to reach $30 per ounce, which would be a 10-year high. Obviously, we briefly touched that $30 mark for a few hours back in February of 2021, obviously a bit lower since then, although I think there's still a large degree to which many in the market 
expect silver to catch up, especially with gold still not all that far off from its all-time highs. Randy Smallwood of Wheat and Precious Metals mentions what usually happens with silver. It does move with gold, but it moves later. So hopefully that will be the case in this cycle again. Mentions gold will shoot up first, and then you will see silver take off rapidly, and silver always outperforms. It's just late. And as Michael Durianzo mentions here, silver indeed could outperform, especially when the Fed begins to ease rates. And I think that the theme of 2024 is going to be to see what happens when those rate cuts begin. Obviously, some people were expecting rate cut in March, which is largely priced out right now. From my perspective, if you're holding something for the long term, does it matter in, in the grand scheme of things? whether the rate cut is in March or July or later in this year. Uh, I think there's still enough to suggest that those rate cuts are coming again with not just futures market pricing or me or one of my guests saying that, but from the Fed's own summary of economic projections. So that will be the key thing to watch for in silver. Of course, we will continue to track changes in the supply and demand. And interesting, a note here from Tavi Costa, of Crescott Capital, and he had some data here showing that there was a decline. Obviously, you had the Penasquito mine offline for quite a bit in 2023, which is now back online, but at least pointing out that in the largest silver producer, you did have production down. Here's Peter Kraut referencing a note from Bank of America that suggests the silver output has peaked. Guidance from the largest silver producers suggests that silver output will not return to previous highs anytime soon. So this is from the silver producers. And we have seen production come down in terms of the yearly silver numbers. Again, what I think is not as helpful for silver investors today yet in the years going forward is that we do continue to see the reports of a deficit and at the same time, with the silver price for many of the primary silver producers, not that far above the cost of production. You're then add in the silver stock bear market that I think most people watching this are well familiar with. So not like a lot of investment is coming in that is necessarily going to lead to a significant change in that in our near future. Though, as I mentioned, we did have that report last week from UBS where they were talking about gold and silver. And let's hear what Yoni Tevis of UBS had to say about the gold market. You know, we've been talking about inflation and, you know, the, the disinflation trends have stalled. You're starting to hear that a little bit when it comes to policymakers in the U.S. as well as in Europe. Could that be a risk for gold prices moving forward? How do you think gold's going to hold up in that scenario? I think the biggest risk for, for gold this year is if um, U.S. growth is actually a lot stronger than, than we anticipate. So, you know, in that scenario, perhaps the Fed doesn't really cut rates and rates stay um, at elevated levels for some time. Uh, I think that's the most bearish scenario for gold because that opportunity cost of holding uh, an asset like gold becomes burdensome for, for investors. So, again, similar sentiment and think a similar thing that you will hear uh, a lot in the months going forward in terms of any gold and silver analysis where whether it should or should not be this way, the pricing is going to be looking to the Fed 
likely above all else and whether we like that or not. That's what you can expect. Although again, not just coming from gold and silver community here and certainly a lot of the banks increasing bullish coverage on gold in particular, but also more coverage of what's going on in silver and certainly something that I will keep you posted on as the months roll by here. And a few last notes just before we wrap up. China's yuan ounce dollar to become most traded currency in Moscow in 2023. Obviously not a huge surprise because China and Russia doing a lot of trade together, certainly partnering to reduce their exposure from the dollar and U.S. Treasury markets as the de-dollarization movement continues. So this doesn't come as a big shock, but we see yuan trading accounted for almost 42% of all foreign, foreign currency traded on the Moscow exchange. Dollar's share was at 39.5% down from 2022 and a more than 63% share, whereas yuan trading accounted for a 13% share in 2022. And obviously, the events of the last few years, including the sanctions, have had a lot to do with that. And we'll find out in the next couple of weeks, I believe, if the White House plans to go through with seizing, well, they've already frozen the money in the Russian accounts, whether that is taken and sent to Ukraine. And one last note here that I think some people in the metal space have heard before, although as, as much as it may not be easy to believe, especially when we see these stock markets soaring right now like they are, gold and silver actually still ahead of the major stock markets in the U.S. since the turn of the century. Obviously, that was still including the peak of the dot-com bubble, so you could pick different points in time and get a different answer, but to just still illustrate the general point, I think that is something that most people would not have guessed. And in terms of February 2024, from the turn of the century, I have gold here at 7.15x, silver at 4.2x, S&P at 3.39, NASDAQ at 3.83, and the Dow at three and a half times higher. So silver and gold, when you take that step back and look over time, still doing their job. And fortunately, connected with someone who is quite handy with his charts and uh, has been kind enough to help me. And we'll have a few things that I think will help put that in better perspective. So in either case, before we wrap up, I just did want to thank Silver Viper Minerals, which brought us today's show. And obviously, Silver Viper advancing its La Virginia Gold Silver Project and has been waiting on a new drilling program that they are looking forward to launching, although has been put on hold slightly due to the current market conditions, although it did catch up with Steve Cope of Silver Viper last week, and to hear what they are doing in the meantime as they wait. What we've done when we're not drilling is we have a very, very large land package here, and a lot of this land package has never been mapped. It's never been sampled. It's never had anything done on it. And so our team has been really you know, taking a step back from drilling, we've started to go out, map, sample, send stuff off to the lab for testing. You know, we've had some extremely high-grade surface results for our project in other areas at El Oriental, at um, El Molino. You know, the team continues to find new targets that we think, you know, we're getting drill ready for when we do get a program going and start expanding that program to go make new discoveries like we made at El Ruby. El Molino will be the first one that gets tested you know, sitting two kilometers east of El Ruby in another, you know, 
where all these breadths of structures are coming together, which is our high grade structure, expanding El Ruby from, you know, the start of El Ruby there, you see on that image to El Ruby North, that's a two kilometer long plateau. And we see mineralization all the way in between. And this is a north south running trend. So there's should be more mineralization and more deposit there. So that's a look into the latest from Silver Viper as they await better market conditions for an upcoming drill program. You can find out more about them at silverviperminerals.com. And going to wrap up for today, but hope you're having a great day out there and we will see you again soon.